Hello, hello, everybody. This is Daniel from Stanford Sierra Youth and Families. Welcome to Resource Families Thrive. Believe it or not, it has been one year since the release of our first episode, and what a year it has been. And we will talk more about that later. So we are going to kind of do a highlight reel today, a best of. I do look forward to uh, sharing more, uh, sharing these clips that we have Reminding everyone what we're all about as an organization and reminding you what you can do to support youth and families who are within the foster care system. As always, I do want to tell the new people who are listening to us first and foremost, welcome. Um, And I hope that you will enjoy this program enough to like, comment, and share Every time you comment or share, especially on one of our social media posts, it increases the likelihood that someone else is going to see it, someone else is going to hear what we are saying, and that they are going to be inspired to support youth and families. As we go through this highlight reel today, it's really all going to come back to one common theme, and that is why. Why is it important for you to get involved Why are you listening right now? Why do you want to be involved? And why you should pick up the phone today. Quick reminder that our phone number is 916-368-5114. And you can also find our website at ssyaf.org. Stanford Sierra Youth and Families is a merged organization, Stanford Youth Solutions and Sierra Forever Families, with a combined 140 years of experience. Um, We provide a variety of services, mental health, foster care, crime prevention, family advocacy, and more, which all support our mission, transforming lives by nurturing permanent connections and empowering families to solve challenges together so every child can thrive. Over the past year, you have had the opportunity to hear from and learn from numerous team members within our organization, professionals who work this every day, who are experts in this field of child welfare, of social services, of mental health. All of these people come together to support the kids that we have in foster care, to support resource families who are taking care of those kids while those kids, those children, those teens, families are working on a case plan so that they can hopefully get back. If they can't get back to their families for whatever reason, then our goal is to support those youth, those children, those teens in finding permanency through guardianship or through adoption. These are real needs. These needs are ongoing, even in a time of COVID, even when we're distant from one another, we're still receiving referrals. In the month of November, for instance, uh, I actually went through and counted and we had 58 older adolescent or teens referred. And those would be anyone that's 10 and up from, from my count and only 18 younger kids. And those children and teen who are referred to us are all awaiting families that they are able to join. So that's something to keep in mind. We don't talk about younger children very often because there's a really high demand to take in younger children. But where does that leave those who are older or considered hard to place? 
a couple of notes on the referrals that we received in the month of November. There were quite a few of them who did have some form of special needs, like an individual education plan. Uh, there were a few pregnant and parenting teenagers. Um, and there are also sibling sets, in some cases, very mixed ages, sometimes three or four kids. Remember that all of this comes back to why. What does any child need? How many of those things that I listed off are things that mean that a child should not have a family based on their age, based on their needs, based on being pregnant or parenting, based on having an individual education plan or some special challenges and special opportunities. So it all focuses back on the why, that we are here to help children, that we are here to help teens, and that's what we want to review today, how we do that, how our families do that, how you will be able to do that. So first, let's hear from our team members. These are people that you have heard from before, like Jacob from our very first episode, from Jennifer Heck, who is one of our fantastic family partners who has adopted children herself, who has navigated the system for years, and Elise, who works with youth and probation who ensures that those teenagers are able to utilize the services that they need to in order to strengthen family connections, strengthen community connections, and show them how they can be successful. So first off, let's listen back to Jennifer Heck and what she told us about why you should get involved in foster care. I think no matter who you are, no matter what tools, awareness, skills, strengths you're coming in with, just to make the commitment to breaking off shame as you go throughout the journey, recognizing that there will be things that catch you by surprise. There will be things that surprise you about your own self. And it's really critical to walk through that without shame because shame is, is not a good parent and it's not a good partner in your parenting. And I would encourage you, um, when you don't know what to do, choose love. When you don't know what to do, choose connection. If you remember nothing else, <laughs> choose connection. I don't regret the time that I didn't make someone eat their broccoli, the time I let them go to bed instead of sitting at the table for three hours because of the green beans. You know, I don't regret <laughs> all those little things that I put so much effort into sometimes. My one and only regret that I have had is the times when I chose something instead of connection. If all else fails in a moment, choose connection because you will always have more opportunities for discipline, for structure, to you know, work on behaviors, but you cannot successfully really win at the end of the day if you haven't simply loved well. Choose love, choose connection. Are those things that you can do? I bet you the answer is yes. You are able to choose love, you're able to provide love to choose connection, to provide connection. I often tell people that even if a child doesn't stay with you, even if you don't get a chance to adopt that, that kid, 
and that little child, even if you don't get the opportunity to provide a forever family to that teenager, you have still chosen connection. You've taught them what healthy attachment looks like, what healthy relationships can look like. You've built a foundation that actually rewires their brain on a physical level and that teaches them that they can love, that they can trust adults, that they can grow. That if they do wind up going back to their birth families, as we hope that they do, that they can trust those adults because those adults have worked so hard to get them back, have worked so hard to make sure that they can also provide stability. Choose love, choose connection. And I know that people get concerned about this process. They wonder if they can do those things. They wonder if they can even make it through. They wonder if they can provide that support. And I think that's where social workers like Jacob come in, who will see you through, who will be there to support you. So let's take a moment to remember what he said to us about why you should. It's really, it's an incredible process. And these children, they're wonderful. And so I hope that any family that's interested in coming to the process would know, if you don't think you can do it, I bet you, you can. I bet you, you have strengths and things that you're really just really good at that you can bring into the life of a foster child. We pride ourselves on being a strengths-based organization. And sure, this process does require some assessment of your capabilities too. But one thing that we're really looking for with any family is what are your strengths? What can you provide to a child? You can provide their first opportunities, their first chance to go on a road trip, their first time decorating a Christmas tree, having muddy buddies, their first time tying their shoes, or the first time that teenager cooked their own meal. Those are all things that you can provide. Those are all strengths that you have to offer, the things that you can teach, the things that you already know, the skills, the experiences that you already have. And I know we're spending some time with the employees today, and all of it, again, is why should you call right now to learn more about becoming a resource parent? And personally, I think Elise from our JJIS program put it really beautifully, talking about youth who are served by probation, by teenagers who are served by probation. Why shouldn't you is what I would say first and foremost. I think being a caregiver or a resource parent to a youth on probation is there might come um, with some transportation needs or having to shuffle from you know a court date or a meeting with a probation officer. But at the end of the day, they're just like any other youth who needs a loving, consistent, stable person in their life to provide them with uh, to provide them with love and, and support. And so. I definitely, the question would be, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you want to do that for someone who needs that? A need within the system is for families who, who do want to support these teens as they work through their services, as they learn more about how they can achieve stability for themselves. 
Elise and Jen were really on the same page with that, weren't they? It really comes back to choosing love, to choosing connection. And speaking of families, you know, it's not all about hearing from the staff members. I want you to get a taste of what we will teach you along the way of how we'll support you along the way. But I know it's also important to hear the families and to hear their stories. So similar to Elise, remember that Hillary and Kevin take the opportunity to provide support to teenagers, to teenage boys, to teenage boys who need support, especially those who have been served by probation, though they do work with kids that are served by CPS as well. And so once again, I asked that question to Kevin and Hillary, why? You should become a resource parent to probation youth because probation youth are freaking awesome. My experience, at least, with working with probation as the supervising agency has been great. And the kids need to be loved. So if you have love to give, give it to one of them. A, uh, a kid who's caught a probation case is still a kid. The, the research says this all the time. Moving from a negative lifestyle or one that a uh, one toward self harm into one that's that's going positively, a lot of that is heavily influenced by by a loving, caring adult in their lives. Just one. You can just one, freaking one. You can be that one. Be the one. As you can hear, families like Kevin and Hillary have a lot of passion for what they do. A lot of passion for caring for these kids and believing so strongly that it really comes back again to choosing love and choosing connection that you can be that one person that they need. And I love that passion. I love that energy. And I'm sure that you have it too. If you are listening right now, that means that you want to learn more about how we care for children, which means that you also want to learn more about how you can care for children. A lot of the time we hear about people kind of talking themselves out of it, saying it's not the right time. And I think that the reality of that is if you're saying that to yourself, it might not ever feel like the exact right time. You might not be able to check all of the boxes in your life that you need to check before you get to this point. And so I want to encourage you, again, to pick up that phone or to go on our website to submit that request for information because you will get to learn even more. Over my almost eight years working with Stanford Youth Solutions and Stanford Sierra Youth and Families, I've also had the distinct pleasure of getting to work with families just like Nona, who also typically only works with teenage boys, who showed us that adoption knows no age limit when she adopted a 20-year-old out of foster care who had been wanting a family for 15 years. Family does not know an age limit. I think um, they should pick up the phone and call because we have a lot of kids that need some healthy, happy homes. And I think with, with Stanford, I think that you guys are pretty good judgment on the foster parents that you pick. So there's a lot of kids that are going to be happy. The parents that we pick. Now, there's an important phrase to kind of pay attention to for just a moment. And uh, I don't know the last time I really talked about this, but the parents that we pick 
are as diverse as the kids that we have in our care and those for whom we receive referrals. We accept single parents. You don't need to own your own home. You can be in an apartment. You can rent a house. You could own your own home. We accept LGBTQ uh, couples and individuals. We accept any race, any ethnicity. There are always a need for those who can support youth with some special needs, those who are in our TFC program, therapeutic foster care, those who might be intensive service foster care, ISFC. We always need families to take on that extra step to provide that extra support to our kids in care. And remember, it's not going to be you alone. We're going to be right there with you. We're going to jump track for just a moment. You know, we talk a lot about foster care, about being a resource family, about potentially adopting a child, but permanency comes back to a bunch of different things. It could be reunification, guardianship, adoption, going to live with other family members. But remember that we also have a mentorship component too. One of our highest listened to episodes within Resource Families Thrive is the one titled Be Wonderful, all about wonder mentors. And that's another way that you can support a permanent connection. Even if you're not ready to be a resource family yet, you can still be a connection to a young person who needs that connection, who needs that additional, and a person who can just have some fun. I I believe deeply that every adult is capable of providing the bare bones of what wonder is asking of us. It's just show up, just show up for eight to 10 hours a month, show up without expectation and try to be present in someone else's life. The great thing is you have an excuse to, to be a goofball as an adult. You have an excuse to have fun and um, make a connection that will matter. You know, when you asked the question earlier about how do we think we've had an impact, I've had the honor of hearing the words of my explorer when my coach contacted her because they, they gave me a little uh, plaque thing at a, an event in January. And the thing that my explorer said was, you're always positive. You always seem to support me and believe in me. So I feel like that's what this program's about, to give you an opportunity to, to give back and, and let a young person know, I see you, I hear you, I'm going to be here for you forever. There's a shift that happens gradually. I don't think you can really pinpoint that one second moment that something changed, but it happens over time. And, and then you realize at some point, like, wow, I am making a difference in this kid's life. It was really exciting for me to get to talk to the Wonder Mentors, Ali, Dana, Beryl, and Ken. Let me tell you from my personal experience, I have been a mentor in the past for a different organization, and it was definitely a lot of fun. You know, sometimes it was days that I got to take my kiddo out for ice cream, and sometimes it was going on a hike. But it's also about a chance to just, you know, occasionally let a kid be a kid. For National Adoption Month in November, one of our recent episodes, I also had the opportunity to talk with two families who have provided one of the biggest, the greatest, the most amazing commitments. These people step forward to 
provide foster care to youth and then adopted their youth. And their words were really powerful to me. They really spoke to me. And so I wanted to make sure that you got a chance to hear from them again. If, if someone is listening and they're in a process of thinking about doing this, then I would say, don't be afraid. Just as simple as that. Don't be afraid mm -hmm. of this. This is not something to be afraid of. It has ups and downs, but it's not a scary process. That, that scariness that's in your head. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of preconceptions about it. And when he's right, that finding out the information and learning a little bit more about it, meet some kids who have gone through foster adopt. Mm -hmm. They're not scary. You know, they're just kids. I think that's the thing I can always say that they're just kids. If there were two families that were trying to adopt every child in the foster care system and they were like fighting for those kids, you know, um, we would not have this problem. Like there, there's, there isn't a problem then. There, you know, mm -hmm. the more families we can have doing this, this is how you solve the problem. Our adoptive families also gave us the opportunity to hear more about some of the concerns that people have, especially when they're bringing an older child into their home, you know, a 10, a 12 year old who might already have their own traditions, who might already have habits, ways of doing things. These kids do come in with a history, but, it, but we get to shape their future. And that's a big deal. I think there are so many amazing kids out there if they were if they're just given a chance. There are still even adopting a 10-year-old a lot of firsts plus you can make your own traditions that are unique to your family that they will remember. You can make your own traditions that they will remember. Throughout this past year, I've also been joined by various team members who talked with you about things like culture and tradition, intersectionality, adoption competency, the juvenile justice program, families helping families, and a whole plethora of other topics. It's been a great learning experience for me, and I hope it's also been a great experience for you. Please do go back and listen to previous episodes. Listen to them a second time if you've listened once already, because I guarantee you'll hear something that maybe you didn't notice before, or it will help to refresh information that maybe you've thought about over time. The goal of everything that we've talked about this year is to make sure that you know how you can impact the life of a child in all of the various ways that you will do that simply by being there, simply by accepting them into your family and allowing yourself to become a part of their family. So I hope that you know now how to create new cultures, how to create new traditions, how to learn more about children, about their families, about who they are, to better equip you to help them, to help that family to grow, to heal, and potentially to help that child find a permanent home. So who are we looking for? We're looking for families who can support children and teens. As Jen Crisetti, one of our former directors said, an older child is six years old. So we need families who can support them, 
who can support our older kids in care who might be harder to find families for. We need families who can support permanency in its many forms, families who can engage in what we call concurrent planning, meaning that the child might wind up reunifying, as many of our children do, or they might wind up needing a permanent place, which hopefully would be you. So my challenge to you in the coming year is to think to yourself, what do I have to offer? What makes me ready now? Don't think about that checklist of why not? Why am I not ready? Talk yourself in. Maybe you will realize that now is the right time. And if now is not the right time, you've learned more. You can talk to more people about it. You can spread the word. Because realistically, that's what this podcast is all about. It's spreading the word. It's getting this knowledge out there. It's getting you ready. It's reminding you why you should. Telling you that you can. If you think you can't, you can. You can choose love. You can choose connection. You can be the one. And here at Stanford Sierra Youth and Families, we believe in you. So give us a call and find out why we believe in you and why we think you're ready. And once again, that phone number is 916-368-5114. As always, I hope that you'll also comment on our podcast posts about things that you want to learn in the future. I am excited to teach you more, to share this information and to share this knowledge. That is my goal So in future episodes, we're going to talk about things like kinship. We're going to tell you more about therapeutic foster care, intensive service foster care. We're going to tell you more about kids who have special needs, the different ways that families can look, different things about culture, different behavior supports. There are so many other things that we can talk to you about. This past year has just been a toe in the pool. But I, first and foremost, before any of that, want to know what you want to know. So please do comment. Please do share so that way your friends will be able to ask those questions too. So once again, our phone number is 916-368-5114. This past year has been amazing. We've had over 1,200, 1,200 and counting listens to our podcast and i hope that this coming year we can get many 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 more remember that we have an extensive library so far some of the episodes are a little longer and i know that they might take some time but i promise you it's worth it i'm not just saying that because i've been your host so i will close today with my infinite gratitude with my absolute love for all of you out there I look forward to the chance to get to talk to you. I doubly look forward to the chance to get to meet you. And until I get to talk to you again, or until I get to see you, keep on thriving.